Well, good morning. Good morning. And happy Mother's Day. See, you don't know what to say, do you? <laughs> Can we just show appreciation to all the women in the room this morning? Hey, if you're a guest this morning, maybe this is your first time here, we just want to welcome you. My name's Tim. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here, and this is my lovely wife, Lisa, who's going to help me with the message. Actually, I'm going to try to let her speak as much as possible today, and uh, just from her perspective, and as we go through some scriptures that we believe God has laid on our heart, and we know there's so many people that come out on Mother's Day. It's actually, you know, one of our most attended services outside of Christmas and Easter. Isn't that a miracle in and of itself? Now, some of you, you're here. Maybe you come on Christmas and Easter and Mother's Day. So you do the three times a year thing. It's okay. We're glad that you're here. Uh, but we want to let you know we do this every single Sunday. <laughs> and I'll just speak on behalf of the women in your life. They would love it if you came back next week with them. And, uh, oh, go ahead. You can clap. Oh. But it's because we love you and we want the best for you. And I always like pointing out those in the room, maybe you're dating a woman, okay? And you thought, I should go to church with her and her mom on Mother's Day because that would make a good impression. It's true. <laughs> but we'll make an even bigger impression is if you come back next week with her and her mom. Amen? All right, and again, it's because we love you, and we're just so glad you're here. Because we're in this sermon series uh, called Miraculous, where we're looking at miracles of Jesus and the way that Jesus interacts with people, and especially as his time was here on this earth, and how he literally performed miracles. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, they did want me to draw your attention to the cards that the ushers handed on the way in. It's so important that you take this home, put it into your calendar, and put it on your fridge because there's some services coming up where we're going to have one service instead of two. And so from now until basically Labor Day weekend, you got to really pay attention. So every week, every Sunday morning, make sure that you kind of keep track of whether we're having two or one services. Uh, we got some really cool things planned in the next couple of weeks. Father's Day, you'll see there's a guest speaker, a former Detroit Tigers coming. It's going to be our first outdoor service. And so we're super pumped about that. So just want to make sure that you see that as well. Uh, but as we look at this idea of Jesus and miracles, the working definition that we've been using uh, for this series is simply this, that a miracle is an, an extraordinary work that could only be by God's power. So there's no other explanation other than God intervened in the situation. And really what they are meant to do is to strengthen our faith. It's not just to give us the wow factor and go, oh, isn't that cool? No, it's to bring us close to Jesus it's to show us the heart of, of the God that we serve and how much we are loved by him. And so really our key verse for this whole series, the verse that we're going to use every single week to set this up, comes from John. John was one of Jesus' closest followers, uh, if not the closest follower. And he said these words, that Jesus did a lot of other signs in the presence of the disciples, uh, which actually aren't written in the Bible. There's so many more miracles that Jesus performed, they just couldn't actually capture all of them in the written form. But the ones that we have, the ones that we do read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're written so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we could have life in his name. And again, let me just tell you, Shepherd's Gate is not a church that wants anything from you. We really, truly want Jesus for you, 
because we know that a relationship with Jesus is the greatest thing that you could ever experience in your entire life and the peace that he will give you. And you're going to see that in these accounts today as we walk through scripture. And so we specifically picked Luke. So Luke's one of the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke wasn't a disciple of Jesus in, in as much as he was one of the twelve. Uh, he came later, but he went around and interviewed all of the eyewitnesses. And so he gives us this really detailed account in Luke. And you might not know this, that Luke's account talks more about women and gives us more accounts of Jesus' interaction with women and the role that women play in, in our society and in the church, as well as the miracles that Jesus performed for women. So it's kind of interesting uh, just that Luke gets to claim that and the pattern that he has in his account. And so we're going to start in Luke chapter 4, okay? Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 38, this first miracle is very short. There's only a few uh, verses that really explain what's taking place. And it says these words. It says that Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon is Simon Peter, and Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He's one of the 12. And so Simon Peter's mother-in-law, I want you to think about that for a moment, was suffering from a high fever. And so they asked Jesus to help her. Now, we need to pause here for a moment because we don't get a lot of information about the disciples and their spouses. In fact, there's really nothing in Scripture that even tells us which ones were married and which ones weren't. Uh, we don't even know about Peter's wife. We just have this one passage that talks about Peter's mother-in-law. And so if he has a mother-in-law, he must be. And isn't it interesting that his mother-in-law is actually at his home? She's staying at his home. So this is a really good guy. Peter's a good guy. <laughs> and I was asking Lisa this because it's interesting in the society we live in because mother-in-laws, let's just be honest, they don't always get the best rap, do they? I mean, think about it. There are more jokes about mother-in-laws <laughs> than there even is about lawyers. Like, if you want a good joke, or someone says, I got a good joke, it probably involves a mother-in-law mother somewhere in the narrative or in the story. And so I love this passage because you have this mother-in-law that's suffering from a high fever, and they're asking Jesus to help her, and it goes on to say this. So he bends over, Jesus bends over, he rebukes the fever, and it left her, and she gets up at once and begins to wait on him. And we go, okay, yay, Jesus. He performed a miracle, she's got a fever, it's gone. And of course, at this time, this is what we'd expect a woman to do. The woman should wait on the man. <laughs> and all the women said, no. So Lisa, as you read this miracle of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, what, when you read this, how does this speak to you as a woman? Well, my first reaction was, if her fever was even just like low grade, she'd still be taking care of her family. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you're sick, and you take care of your family no matter what. Like, there is no room for mom to be sick. So um, I just think it's incredible that she gets up, and she's taking care of them, even though, you know, because that's the heart of a mom. We just endure our sickness. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Um, so I just think she's an inc incredible. So you read this, you know that this had to be a serious, I mean, she must have been really ill. Yeah, because as, as we've talked in our house, when the men get sick, I mean, yeah. we're all on our deathbed. <laughs> we're, we're saying our final prayers. 
double checking the life insurance, the wills, you know. I mean, you know how everyone says the man cold? That's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. So as you read this in serving, she's doing this out of the joy, the, the abundance of her heart, because she sees that that is the purpose that God has given her. Exactly. God purposed that for her. And so I just think as, this, as we go through this sermon, you'll see um, how God gives us that purpose as a mom and as in every role, a mom, a wife, a teacher, whatever it is, um, he places that purpose in us. Well, now if we jump to Luke 8, this is really cool. Because it tells us this in, G- in, in Luke 8, that Jesus traveled about from town to town and village to village. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. So this is a full day for Jesus. I mean, he's out letting people know that he is the son of God. And of course, the 12 are with him. Those are his 12 disciples. We would expect that. But Luke also tells us that some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases we're also with Jesus. And then look at this. It's really cool. Mary, called Magdalene, which if you don't know her, she just happened to be at the crucifixion. She watched Jesus die. And oh, by the way, this is the woman that uh, was the first one to see Jesus after Jesus was raised from the dead on that first Easter Sunday. And not only her, but li- think of this. There were seven demons had come out of her. Then there was... Uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. So you have this woman who's in this place of leadership, and she's managing other people. And some of you, you do this in your organization. You've been promoted or you've been placed in a place of leadership where you manage others. Maybe you even own your own business. And then Susanna is there as well as many others. And so we love that Luke gives us some more context of who's actually there as Jesus is going around and ministering to people And then there's this final sentence in this first part that's so intriguing, it's so easy to skip over, but it's bolded for a reason. And I want you to see these words. It says, these women were helping to support them, so them is Jesus and the disciples, out of their own means. Just let that sit for a moment. So who's funding and helping fund Jesus and the disciples as they go around village to village and town to town? So the women had to have what? Income and jobs and needs. And the fact that they not only are, are, are actually uh, juggling their own livelihoods and their incomes, they're actually going on these excursions, these mission trips, these mini mission trips with Jesus and actually helping and using their own resources to do that. And so Lisa, as you see this, how does this speak to you in what women deal with today? Yeah, I just think it's so true, like you were saying about juggling, whether we're a stay-at-home mom or we're working to support our families um, at our jobs that maybe we own or, or not, um, it can be such a struggle because we're trying to manage all these things and keep all the plates spinning. Like, they, like the women in the video, we, they, they went right to the negative. Like, am I enough? Do I do enough? Am I enough for my family, Um, you know, we put that pressure on ourselves to make sure that everything's running smoothly, and um, just, it's a lot, it's a lot of work to, um, to have that, 
that pressure in us. And so I just think it's incredible that they're supporting, again, like the heart of the mom. We were there. We're not just a support. We sometimes are the ones that are supporting our families. Maybe we're maybe you're a single mom, mm-hmm. and you're the one that your kids rely on you solely. There is no one else. Um, so God has a purpose in that, and I just I think these women too, there was purpose that God gave them. It's even interesting as you pull back and you you look at even the landscape of our country, where now. Uh, more women receive bachelor's degrees than men, more women achieve master's degrees yeah. than men, more women moving into places of leadership and uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, those kinds of things, which all those of you that have daughters, you know that's your heart for your daughter, that you want her to succeed in what it is that God is yeah. calling her to do. But again, it's managing all those things and trying to figure out, okay, how do I do that? How do I do that in our society that's always demanding more of you and more of your attention and you're not good enough and you need to do this harder and you need to do this better? Because I think one of the things that we hear a lot from women who are trying to juggle all those things is simply this, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Any women out there, would you admit you're just tired? Yeah. I say that to him all the time. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. Well, this morning, I we, we woke up because your alarm went off uh, <laughs> at 6 a.m., and I said, Happy Mother's Day. And you said, oh, I've been up since 3 a.m. I'm like, 3 a.m.? What have you been up since? <laughs> well, because my mind doesn't turn off. Some of you can relate to this. It's just always, it's on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it's interesting because look at what happens in our text. Jesus is actually on his way back home. He's returning back, and there's a crowd, of course, because word's getting out, and people are seeing their loved ones being healed. And so they were expecting him. They were waiting for him. And so this man named Jairus, who just happens to be a synagogue leader, which is is their place of worship, and so he had a position within their synagogue, their place of worship, he comes and he humbles himself. He falls at Jesus' feet. He basically throws himself at Jesus. He's pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. See, crisis hit this family and hit this man. And even though he was a prominent member of the community, he was willing to do whatever it took to see God do something for his daughter that, of course, he loved. Of course, he didn't want to see her slip into this next life. Mm. And what's interesting in how Luke uh, describes this is that you can see here that we have verses 40 to 42, and then 43, Luke starts a whole different narrative. And he goes, and there's also a woman there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So you got a 12-year-old, and you have this woman who is older in years, but she's been struggling for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Now, if you jump over to Mark's gospel and you read the same account, Mark gives us a little bit more detail about this woman because he tells us that she actually went around to all the doctors and all the people, the healthcare people that could possibly help her navigate this, and she pretty much exhausted all of her options and all of her resources. And I know for you, you can speak into this because so often that's kind of what happens because we live in a more advanced society. We have access to doctors, nurses, the internet sometimes, which can be a positive or a negative. How do you think that impacts the way we view the world? I mean, as a mom, it's such a struggle, right? Like we are the ones that take care of our kids when they're sick and um, 
needing to be healed from something. Like we, I don't always think to go to God first for healing. Um, I've struggled with my own health issues for years, and there have been times like calling every doctor, looking for every solution, looking everywhere except for looking to God for those answers. And um, it's just so important that we put him first about those because he loves our kids more than we even do. And so um, I think it's a great reminder um, that he's our ultimate healer, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because what happens? She comes up behind Jesus. She realizes that this could be her only moment. She touches his cloak. And, it, and the scriptures say that immediately her bleeding stopped. Yeah. That, that, that power rushed through her, that she knew that something had taken place. And what's so intriguing is this is Jesus' response to this. Who touched me? <laughs> yeah. Remember, he's on his way yeah. back from healing all these people and casting out demons, all these things, and he's, he's back home now, and, and all these people are pressing in on all sides. And it's not because Jesus didn't know. It's because Jesus is the master. He's the absolute master of stopping time and validating the one. And even if the crowd and the pressure is mounted around us, he will stop whatever he's doing. He's probably hungry, probably just wants to go home, probably just wants to have dinner, probably just wants to go to bed. And he yet stops everybody because he knows that someone has touched him and he realizes this is another teachable moment for them and for us today. And it's so interesting because when everybody had denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. And Jesus said, no, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. And then look at this. This is so cool. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed. And this is how I see this playing out. He stops. Everyone stops. He's no longer moving. And he's just staring at the woman. <laughs> I mean, what is she going to do? She knows. She knows she's the one. And yeah. Jesus is giving her an opportunity to confess but also to use this as an opportunity for him to, sh to display his power and to show her testimony. And so again, she responds just as Jairus did. She comes trembling, she falls at his feet in the presence of all the people. People that would have known she had this condition. People that would have known that at this time she wouldn't have been able to go into the temple because she would have been considered unclean. She couldn't even go into her place of worship. She wouldn't have been welcomed there. Everybody would have known this. And here now all eyeballs for her whole life have been on her, and now here in this moment, all eyeballs are on her again, but yet she is at the foot of Jesus. And she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed, which is really cool when you tell God, when you tell Jesus what it is that has happened and what he has done for you. And then look at this response. Lisa, go ahead, you can read this. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And so when you see this response of Jesus, when you hear these words, how does this speak to you as a woman? Yeah, I really pondered this statement when we were going over this because I think there's so many roles that we have as moms, like we were saying, but we don't always think of the role as daughter. Like, just that word daughter is so profound to me because 
it's so significant that the God of the universe calls me daughter and you daughter. He, he knows you that much that he can call you daughter. And, um, you know, like I said, we put so much pressure on ourselves in every role that we have as a mom, but daughter is the most important one that we have. Um, and then going in peace is also significant because of how we put so much stress on ourselves with everything that we deal with. Um, just mothering our kids, having our jobs. The world throws so many things at us that can give us fear and anxiety and pressure. But God says, go in peace. So I need to hear that every day as I go about my schedule and all the things that are thrown at me. And, um, you know, there are days where you're in the valley and you need to have that statement of going in peace because, I mean, I know what my life was like before I had the Lord and I was fearful and worried and anxious. And we can get that way with with having kids, right? Because there's so many things um, that could be of worry with them. So I... I need to hear go in peace, and I just think that's so important as a mom to hear that. So so I told our boys, our two boys that we have, that from now on, every time mom leaves the house, <laughs> before she gets in the car, we're all going to say together, go in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Women, will that help? Will that help you if all the men sign up and do that? <laughs> I'm the mom. Even, if, you, even yeah. if you're, like, screaming at us when you're leaving <laughs> and you're telling us the, the house better be clean when I get home and I never you better say not that. you better not be on your devices or the television you never no you don't we heard other families struggle with that yeah. but not, not us I'm the mom in the video that's like I wish I was more patient you know leaving the house isn't one of my strong suits <laughs> and so think of this he, Luke's going to jump back and kind of give us the you know, a little bit of more insight into what's going on with Jarius. And so while he's still speaking, oh boy. I don't know where it went. It wasn't working. All right, there we go. While he was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jarius, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Mm. And isn't that just like the world? When our maybe our prayers aren't answered, and maybe even when we're praying for a miracle, and we think that, that it's come to an end, and Jesus let us down, or there's no reason to even pray anymore, or go to church anymore, because our prayer wasn't answered. How difficult this moment must have been. Think about this. Jerry's saw what took place. He saw this woman be healed. He saw Jesus pause everyone else and just in that moment minister to her and heal her. And in the back of his head, he had to have been thinking, well, how come you're healing her, but yet I have a daughter. I have a young daughter. Jesus, don't you care about kids? Don't you care about my daughter in this moment? And it's interesting because Jesus actually said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. It says he actually goes, think of this, whatever time of day this is now, he arrives and takes the journey to Jerry's house, 
And Jesus did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John, his three closest disciples, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people, so here's all the people again, are wailing and mourning for her. So you can just imagine the flip in the scripture from going from rejoicing to wailing. And Jesus just says, stop wailing. She is not dead, but she's asleep. And even after seeing Jesus perform a miracle, even after hearing Jesus tell them to stop doing this, this is how they responded. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. And I think sometimes we get ourselves in this situation, don't we? Where we just feel, okay, God, well, I, well, I teed it up, I prayed, I handed the situation to you. You didn't heal my loved one. You didn't respond the way that I, that I needed to. The, the person either made a bad choice or maybe they did pass away or whatever the case is. And we just pull back from God and we just think that, that he's not still able to work in our lives. And then you have the other people around you, the naysayers, the doubters, who say, see, there's not really a God, or maybe you just do this because you need to comfort yourself, and so this isn't really something that God is capable of doing. And it's just crazy that Jesus was mocked well before he ever got to the cross. That even throughout his public ministry, even when he first started his public ministry, people laughed at him and told him he was a fool and you know, that he wasn't really from God and that he really couldn't work deeply in people's lives. Yeah. And sometimes I think because of the society we live in, again, the technology, the advancements that we have, we get this mindset as well. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I mean, there are some families that deal with some real hardships with their kids and they're, they've been praying for healing for years. I mean, we know so many people that... Um, that are dealing with these really tragic situations. And I think that's just the beautiful thing about having faith. You, there's not always, an, you're not always going to know the reason why, so why God isn't answering your prayer like right now. Um, I think there's, there's something really important in that waiting period. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in this comparison of like, oh, this person family was healed like why wasn't mine and you just have to stay the course because sometimes we don't even know on this side of heaven why God works in certain ways um, where he brings healing for some and and maybe not for others there's just there's not a there's not a, a correct right answer like I think that's just when your faith is being built you know no it's good and so it tells us that Jesus takes this little girl by the hand and he says to her, my child, my child. He knows. He knows our yeah. kids. He knows the circumstance. And he tells her to get up and wouldn't you know her spirit returned and at once she stood up. And then you gotta love this. Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Something so practical. Hey, this one's probably going to need a glass of water. You need some yeah. hydration over here. Because he does. He cares for us. But as you said, not everyone gets their prayer answered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, I think it's so important, like I said, to just lean into God in those moments and know that he's with us 
and he cares about our kids more than we do. I think that's just like the one thing somebody told me when the boys were little, like God cares about your kids more than you ever could. And I just think as a mom, we need to hear that over and over again. <laughs> Constant. And really that came from another female influence in your life, a spiritual mom. Yeah. And maybe you could just talk a little bit about the, the women that God has brought into your life and how that's helped you develop and it grow has. closer to God. Yeah, it has because um, pretty much half my life, my mom, I've had a kind of a long-distance relationship with her, and so that brings its challenges, you know, just not getting that to be with her all the time. And um, I just think as a Christian woman, it's so important to have spiritual moms in your life. Um, you know, there's been women that have really um, helped strengthen my faith as a mom and just has have taught me so many incredible things um, about being a mom. And so if you don't have that person, you should find one because it really is incredible. And I think, too, like maybe, maybe you're that person to someone else as well. Um, so be looking for that because you could be influencing someone younger than you. Um, so, yeah, there's been some incredible women in your yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was um, saying in the last service, oh, there's our neighbor from our, our where we used to live. When the boys were little, like that was one of the hardest things for me. When my boys were born, I didn't have my mom with me. Um, and so she came alongside me and taught me so many things about being a mom just by telling me stories about how she raised her kids. And um, she actually passed away last year of cancer. And that was really difficult because I just see this woman as incredible. And she, now her daughter, who's getting married in a couple weeks, um, you know, she is having her first Mother's Day without her mom. And um, I think, why did you have to take her? She would have been an incredible grandma to her kids. kids. And, um, you know, we don't know why, but... The Lord healed her from her illness, and mm -hmm. she is in glory now and probably having the most incredible Mother's Day um, that we all hope and dream to have in heaven. Um, so she, she had a huge impact on my life, um, and thanks be to God, I got to tell her that before she passed um, last year in the summer. Which I think is also important, like not just on Mother's Day, which today we know we're going to say words yeah. of affirmation and encouraging our moms and the women that <laughs> God places in our life, but also those other times when God would lay it on our heart. Exactly. Don't, um, don't forget to tell those women how important they are to you. Because I think as moms, we need to hear that from our, not just our kids, but the other women around us or spouses or whoever it might be, we need to hear that we, um, that we're enough, that we are important. You know, yeah. we need that to, to go on, you know. And if you don't know the words to say, just say, go in peace. Yeah. <laughs> go in peace. Because yeah, exactly. it's scripture. You can never go wrong <laughs> quoting scripture. So as we look back at these three miracles, uh, we kind of said this was kind of where we yeah. feel God has landed this. Yeah, so um, Jesus gives you his purpose, Jesus gives you his power, and Jesus gives you his peace. And those three words just 
they're everything to me. The, f- the fact that Jesus gives you his purpose, there's nothing more important in your life than knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy as a mom to get down on ourselves and to not think that we are enough. Um, but his power is in us, and it's be- it's making us strong to go out and be the mom that we want to be and the spouse and the, um, you know, juggle all the jobs we have and everything. Like, we need to know that his power is in us, and the only way we can have peace is because of him. Hmm. And so mm-hmm. I need to hear that I'm enough and and I think every mom in this room needs to know that they are enough for their family. And God had a purpose when he made you the mom of your family. He knew what he was doing. Amen. Amen. Can we give Lisa a hand this morning? And if you're here this morning, even those of you that are watching online, if you happen to be next to the person that's significant, the woman in your life, maybe it's a spouse, it's a mom, it's a grandma, and if you wouldn't mind just slipping your hand and grabbing their hand in this moment. And you know why we do this? Because women like physical touch. Okay? They do. They can feel the love glowing through what she (laughs) sang about in the song. And Lisa, would you just pray a special prayer over all the women here today? And may they know how much they are loved, they are valued, and as you said, they are enough. Yes. Father God, we just thank you so much for this day and what Mother's Day means to us. Lord, we are so grateful for the plan and the purpose that you have prepared for us and our families. God, thank you for your peace. Lord, I pray that every mom here would know that they are enough, that they are loved by you, most importantly. God, I just pray a hedge of protection around each family. I pray that this day would just be a huge blessing. And God, I just pray for the moms in this room that are missing their mom today. God, wrap your loving arms around them. Give them your peace. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.